Section forty two of Wheels, the fourth cycle. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Press notices. The Athenaeum. We are all relieved from a certain tension as at the accession of Charles the Second. The Athenaeum, in a full-page review entitled "The Post Georgians." Wheels, qua anthology has assuredly made an impression from the start. It indicated that an hour had struck, a mote had passed, that a new fashion had arrived. So the daffodil and the rainbow and the cuckoo were to be put away, and the harlequinades of the harlotry players and the columbines of Verlaine and Simons to be had out again. We are all relieved from a certain tension, as at the accession of Charles the Second. Wheels marked the change in fashion, Vers libre and cubism already existed, but Wheels at least acknowledged the fact. It showed a willingness to experiment, a tolerance of various emotions, and a complete indifference to simplicity. This last item is most important, for the last literary mode had been wholly corrupted by simplicity. Great simplicity is only won by an intense moment, or by years of intelligent effort, or by both. It represents one of the most arduous conquests of the human spirit, the triumph of feeling and thought over the natural sin of language. Simplicity is merely a means, a means of direct contact. It is a virtue of expression. Simplicity was not hard won by the Georgians, it was given them by the fairy, and so, securely simple in their hearts, they neglected the more pharisaical virtue of simplicity in expression. Wheels, by contrast, has stood on the side of intelligence. It recognised that there are some pretty complicated feelings in life which are worth a little pains to express. Mr. Huxley is one of the few younger poets who have written a few interesting poems which express very well feelings characteristic of adolescence. Mr. Osbert Sitwell's Youth and Age and This Generation are much better stuff than that of the war poets. In Mr. Sacheverell Sitwell's best poems, there has always been an insight, a unit of vision. He is capable of something exceptional, to be won by infinite labour. Miss Edith Sitwell's coloured furniture is so cleverly done, at times, that we wonder whether she is not fully justified in doing nothing else. Songerie is much better done than Goblin Market. Miss Sitwell can be depended upon, in work like this, never to be ridiculous. She is unusual among contemporaries in that she cannot fall into vulgarity or cheapness. The Saturday Review In a Leading Article The Sitwell family, Mr Huxley, Miss Tree and Mr Vines are very tiresome young people, but they share this quality with Shelley and the young Swinburne. They excite annoyance, and a very good thing too. It is a business of genius, particularly of genius not yet arrived, to worry the middle sort. Genius, let it be remembered, just outruns Bolshevism. It is as scornful of the new sham as of the old, and in our view, Miss Sitwell's songerie, and Mr Huxley with his ventre à terre, head in air, your centaurs are your only poets, their hoofs strike sparks from the flints, and they see both very near and immensely far. Get there before Lenin. They have found the new thing first, 
and they are making the new world before the red hand has had a chance to break the old one. Miss Tree is venomously alive, and Mr. Vines touches something like the truth. Edith Sitwell is a person of genius. The Sitwell brothers can do Beaumont and Fletcher to the life after death and change them to modern wonder. The Nation It behoves the writers of Wheels to remember that nine days do not last for ever, and that we now look for something more than brilliance, talent, waywardness, light brigade charges against poetic conventions and skittles from them. Miss Edith Sitwell's passionate, sombre spirit can use any formula it chooses, any idiom or wording, from gaudy melon flowers to ginger beer bottles, without wasting its breath. The Saturday Westminster Gazette They are beginning to show collective individuality. Miss Edith Sitwell has come to possess a real style. She has invented a rushing couplet into which she crams the giddy sun's kaleidoscope. Her verses read like a parable of something seen by Beardsley and coloured by Gauguin. The Times Literary Supplement This opens, in the second poem called Clavichords, by Osbert Sitwell, with a composition in free metre of such true and delicate beauty that one follows it up greedily for further discoveries, but without much satisfaction. Arnold James has ideas which he can hammer out into striking expression. From the Sunday Times Mr. Norman Rowe, in his book entitled Sonnets of Old Things, is literary. Every one of his charming poems can be read with pleasure. Here is an example of Mr. Rowe's honest sentiment. I have a little landmark where a baby trod, a full six inches up the stair. Do you think that God was there to watch my baby when she trod the bottom stair? We think it quite likely. The same honesty of sentiment cannot very well be credited to the neurotic young men and women who have been responsible for wheels. I'm not out to provide Miss Sitwell with a tiara on the cheap. From A or the Common Cause The title Wheels does suggest progress, and for this reason it is appropriate, not because young poets and poetasters of both sexes do necessarily make progression in their work, but because the lively reader perpetually hopes that they have done so. Edith Sitwell remains stationary. It is as though she had polished and chipped and varnished all depth and subtlety away. Her obscurity is not in the least suggestive. Open letter from the editor of Wheels to Miss Jones of A or The Common Cause. Dear Miss Jones, if you will pardon the expression, Although the above is unsigned, I detect in it the traces, less of the cloven hoof, than of a certain wooden head. I can quite understand your taking a rooted dislike to skilled technique in poetry, but may I suggest that the loss of subtlety is not always, as is the case with my poems, the result of polish. I will quote you an instance to prove the reverse of your arguments, placing together Albert Samin's polished and technically perfect poem, L'Indifferent, and your translation of the same. L'Indifferent by Albert Samin Dans le parc vaporeux eut leur cénémore, le robe de satin et les sveltes menteurs. Le melon reflétait au ciel comme des oeufs, 
et si la fin d'un soir infini concevoir. L'indifférent, ô, oh, la dernière oude le ciel, sur la scène d'un geste adorable et grécile, debout de ses doigts, vingt-sème un peu de son cœur. Translation by Miss Jones Down in the park, grown vaporous and wide, the long cloaks and the satin dresses make mingled reflections in the unruffled lake, and nostrils breathe the infinite eventide. The indifferent one, weary of gentle friends, scatters abroad from delicate finger ends, and gracefully, a little of his heart. I like you personally, Miss Jones, so I prefer to draw a veil over the rest of this painful scene, which the magic of your touch has converted from a fête galante into a family party at Lyons Popular. Frankly, darling, what a stinker! Don't do it ever again, please, Miss Jones. Power tasters, indeed. Believe me, in spite of this little rift in the lute, yours faithfully, the editor of Wheels. The Pioneer Mr. Aldous Huxley's style is individual, at times attaining great heights. Mr. Osbert Sitwell's sylvan Song of the Fauns might almost have been taken from a Jacobean mask, and there are passages that haunt one in the old way of fine poetry. Mr. Arnold James' two poems, The Poet's Task and Now from Light of the Sun, My Eyes Are Hidden, are especially noteworthy and of a singular beauty. They have the manner of great poetry, the old lure of exquisite cadences, the fine phrase, the fine thought, the sincerity and simplicity essential to good art. The greatest step forward, however, is taken by Mr. Sherard Vines. His real power and extraordinary command of language and rhythm are nobly used in the splendid and militant sunrise. This, and the equally fine poem, The Prophet, have a speed and tempestuous quality almost Swinburnian. End of section.